um, and then creating a, a, a budget and a, or, or start off with a financial plan, a holistic financial plan. And within that financial plan, dial into the budget and allocate a proportion of your incomes towards investing, towards enjoyment, towards giving. And that's how we can keep this a sustainable movement going forward. Love that. Love that. Thank you very much, Jax. Hello and welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you this warm, sunny day? Let's go. Let's go. The sun is shining. Uh, You know what? Um, so I'm really happy. It's not long until my birthday as well. Uh, so I am a summer baby, a July baby. So very much looking forward to it. Come on, come on, come on. We've got lots of things happening this summer in addition to your birthday, your birthday. Happy birthday in advance, my bro. But um, over here in London for Woke Finance, we're doing a couple of things. We've got a couple of fundraising events actually taking place in London. Um, for those uh, listeners that may not know, we're obviously a social enterprise that does a lot of work in the communities across the UK, supporting young people um, and educating young people around personal finance. And from time to time, we do a bit of fundraising events so we can um, generate funds to go back into the business and do more of these programs and workshops to young people. So Jaxma, hopefully you're feeling excited about some of the stuff we've got lined up. Yeah, well, absolutely. One of those things is the football uh, tournament that we have. Come on. Um, we, this is something we have done before. And if my memory serves me right, uh, my team, of which I captained, was victorious. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to defending my title and, of course, raising funds for uh, the social enterprise so that we can continue doing the amazing work we've been doing in the community. Mm, interesting i wonder how many people paid you to be make sure you you did win that but no man absolutely but yeah massive shout out to our listeners wherever you are in the world man we appreciate you we see you we recognize you and we just want to show our appreciation man keep doing what you're doing and supporting the podcast we do really value it so thank you very much um jacks we've been in a season where we've been talking quite a bit about investing and and i think it's been that time where um in general, given how the markets and stuff have been going, um, unfortunately, you know, in terms of our behavior towards um investing, it can go in the opposite way as to where it should be going. So in all of this economic downturn, people can get a bit put off investing. But in mm-hmm. fact, this should be the time when we need to be knowing more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know what's actually interesting? Over the past uh, couple of years, we know there's been so much economic turmoil and the financial markets, the stock market hasn't been as strong as it has been in previous years. In fact, it has uh, trended downwards. But actually, uh, in 2023, when we look mm. at the NASDAQ and the S&P 500, they are both actually up for the year. So very, very interesting. A lot of that is down to the mega caps. So the big mm. companies such as uh, Meta and uh, Apple, especially um and nowadays now even nvidia gosh have you seen what's happened there oh i've seen what's happening i think because they became they joined the one trillion list right of all yes. the other mega caps so they're getting <laughs> the stock prices being a bit of a craziness at the moment yeah i mean and an absolutely uh interesting valuation they have now they will have to really uh produce a lot of earnings to justify that sort of valuation but you know all of these things put together have actually pushed up uh the index because remember the, the index is a market weighted index so the bigger companies you know have more of a influence on the index mm. so yeah the, the, the nasdaq 
the the S and P five hundred are both up for the year. So for those people who were able to stay strong for the past couple of years, some of those people may be seeing a lot of those uh, negative returns actually being uh, pushed back up into positive returns. And and that's really interesting. I mean, we gave Nvidia as an example. Nvidia would have been one of the organized um, the companies that people would have put in quite a bit of money into a, a couple of uh, years ago. Um, and obviously in 2022 and some of early 2023 um, and also late 2021 we would have seen a lot of companies get hit some people might have sold um and i think is this is this a is this a and it's not i told you so because we were never saying that but i guess in general when it comes to investing is this a lesson learned oh absolutely i think um, what we've said off air and actually on air as well is the fact that we we think uh, the period we're going through is actually an amazing period for lessons learned uh, because there are many, many people that did join the uh, stock market in 2020 um, and, and are new to investing. And so, you know, sometimes we know the theory, right? And sometimes we say we know what we're going to do if the market drops. We say if it drops, we're going to hold and we're going to stay strong. Mm. But, you know, theory and practice are two different things. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the time, you know, we have to go through these things before we actually know, for example, what our true risk appetite actually is. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience for many people. And of course, if you did sell, if any of our listeners did sell, um, it, is, it is a lesson learned that, you know, you can't actually predict what's going to happen in the future. Um, and ultimately, you should stick to an investment plan. That is it, man. And we, and again, for our listeners, man, check out most we a few, our couple of episodes over the last um, few weeks or so, usually released on a Sunday. Do check that out because um, we've been talking a lot, even around investment plans as well. So definitely do check that out. But now, Jax, we are going to keep on the theme of uh, around investing as well because we want to keep the conversation going and we know how important it is when it comes to our own first personal finance journey. And the topic we're going to be talking around today is, you know, Anyone listening that is earning some form of an income, um, we might every now and then ask us the question, okay, I get paid, for example, on a monthly basis, how much of my monthly income should I be putting towards investing? Um, and what other factors will affect how much I put into investing? Oh, I mean, a very interesting topic. And, you know, in our previous episodes, we we mentioned, um, particularly in our last episode, we mentioned one of the golden rules of investing uh, being having a, an investment plan and having a financial plan. Uh, and a big part of that plan should consider what proportion of your income you are happy and willing to um, commit towards your future self. Now, we all know that, generally speaking, uh, one of the golden rules of, of wealth building or personal finance is, is uh, delayed gratification or other people say live on less than what you earn and invest a difference. Um, other people say things like, you know, pay yourself first. All of these three things are in the same family. Essentially, what it's saying is you should commit a, a proportion of your income towards your future self, right? Mm. Um, and, and so it's a very, very interesting topic. And I think, yeah, it's something that I think everybody should be thinking about what proportion of your income can you safely um, put away uh, to meet your future objectives? Hmm. I love how you talk about literally investing for your future self, essentially. And that's exactly what happens. You know, we always thank we thank ourselves for the work that we done five years ago and 10 years ago when if it was um, proactive in that way as well so no absolutely so Jax I guess answering that question roughly um, 
what's a rough guide that some people may go towards when it comes to um, actually putting their money away to um, towards investing? Yeah, I, I'm quite sure our listeners and often many people, you know, are expecting me to come up with a a figure or, or percentage, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, uh, a, a lot of people say, well, 10% is, is a great way to start. Now, what I would say is it's, it's not so much the actual percentage. First and foremost, you do have to sit down and have a financial plan and to really forecast uh, what your future objectives are and what you are saving for and, and that kind of stuff. There are certain uh, things you need to consider that are going to be important. So, for example, how early are you starting? Are you someone who's 20 years old, who, you know, has just got their first job and you're earning a small income, but you don't have a lot of expenses? You know, are you starting at the age of 20? Or are you someone who has left it quite late? You know, uh, you didn't really know much about investing. You wasn't taught about it. Social media was not what it is today, back mm. in the days, right? And so you're starting at, at the age of uh, 40 or, or even 50. All of these things actually matter. But what I would say um, as, as a guide, if you want like a specific percentage, is generally speaking, if you haven't invested before, if you haven't invested before, then uh, what you can use as a guide is uh, whatever your age is, half it, and then use that as a percentage. So mm. examples are, if you are this young 20-year-old, uh, young woman or young man um, who you know is committed to investing for their future self, then you will be investing half of your age, which is 10 as a percentage, which is 10% into the financial markets, generally from, from what I believe into a well-diversified index fund, for example. Mm. so that's that's a guide so again another example if you're 30 it will be 15 percent. if you're 40 it will be 20 percent, etc etc so that is the guide peter but um a lot of this really matters what really matters is your personal circumstances mm. um and remember the younger you start um the less you actually need to put away because of the power of compounding mm. Hmm. No, I, I love that. I love that. And for our listeners, um, you know, we are talking about investing um, right now, but please be aware that there is a process. There are stages on one f- personal finance journey before one should even be thinking about investing. If you want to know what some of those stages are, I highly recommend you to go back to one of our episodes, which is a episode 108 which is called getting your finances ready for 2023 we've done a couple of those each year but this one we literally walked through the stages that you need to walk through before you even consider moving on to investing so um jazz i just wanted to make that known as well oh yeah i mean you know this episode is a a short episode but we can spend a whole the whole episode talking about the things you need to consider um, before you actually allocate capital towards uh, a portfolio for the future. Um, But on the topic of how much as well, Peter, I think, you know, uh, there are people who subscribe to certain movements. Uh, Mm. One of those movements, uh, a very popular one, is what we call the FIRE movement. And we've done a couple of episodes on those as well. So FIRE FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire retire Early. Uh, It's a movement that's quite prevalent in in America and it's picked up a lot of uh, supporters here in the UK as well. Well, essentially, well, the people that uh, subscribe to this movement, what they do is they save 
in, in my opinion, a, an extremely high proportion of their income and they invest it quite aggressively. Mm. And the way they do that is they are extremely frugal. They, they, you know, they cut the expenses to the absolute minimum so that they can actually invest a huge percentage of their income into, into assets so that they can reach a stage in their, in their investment journey where they become financially independent. Mm. And at that stage, they can uh, obviously retire. So it is a movement. And if that's something that you subscribe to, then um, yeah, you would have to invest much more than 10%. You would have to be at least 50% uh, in, mm. order, in order to actually achieve that goal. Wow, no, absolutely. And and again, we've done an episode, we've done a couple of episodes on fire, but we compared different types of fire movement in episode 72, the coast fire versus, versus the barista fire movement. Um, definitely do check out those episodes. But no, you're right, Jax, it really does depend on what you subscribe to and what your strategy is, um, which will, um, I guess, yeah, have an effect on that. What else does one need to consider when it comes to deciding how much of yeah. my of one's income they need to be investing? Look, I mean, m- many people don't want to hear the term, um, and I can understand why, <laughs> because many times we've used the term to express uh, sometimes stinginess or not, or not wanting to spend too much. And that's budgeting, right? <laughs> uh, so budgeting is at the heart of all financial planning. And all we're talking about, you know, whether we're talking about investing, saving, paying off debt, all of that is done through a budget, which is just an allocation of money, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have an income come in place, it's all about telling your money where to go. And budgets are not backwards looking. So budgets is not about what happened in the past, even though you can look back at what happened in the past to help you look forward. Budgets are always forward looking. So it's about the allocation of of funds for the future. Mm. And that's where you can decide to actually allocate some money towards your investment goals. But in a budget as well, we want to focus on things that um, improve our lives as well, Peter. Mm. Right. So it's not all about just getting an income and then, and then, you know, saving it for the future, because the truth of the matter is we have a life to live today. The present also matters. Tomorrow is um, not promised. And tomorrow is most definitely not promised. Right. So it is important to find a balance between uh, not being irresponsible with your spending um, and, you know, spending too much in the short term uh, versus actually saving too much. Um, often out of fear and sometimes out of a trauma response, um, you have to find that balance really, really right. And so for that, that's why, in my opinion, when you're able to sit down, put pen to paper and allocate uh, a proportion of your income for which you probably have to automate, keyword today, automate, Mm -hmm. um, that will be very, very helpful in in actually, um, you know, achieving both your long-term goals but also enjoying the journey on the way as well and not having resentment for your personal finances. Hmm, that's deep, man. You said a trigger word there as well, man. We need to go back to that, having a trauma response. Um, um, you know, someone saving so much as a result, as a trauma response, basically. And um, what do you, do you want to go in a bit further deeper into that? Yeah, I mean, Pierre, I'm always transparent and I'm happy to look, use myself as an example. So, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a what I would, I would call a poor household with lots of debt, etc. And so for me, right, you could pull it financial trauma. I actually responded to it in two extreme ways, right? Mm. So the first one was um, when I started earning an income, I wanted to spend it all straight away because I had mm. never seen that much income in my life before. Mm. Right? And when you live in a poor household, you're often told no. 
right you want to buy something no you want to you want a playstation game you have to wait till christmas when they're sales for example right um so my first response actually to this trauma um was you know i'm going to spend as much as i can when the mm. money comes in right uh buy myself a car put myself a, you know an audi a5 all white cash mm. right um and then when i hit my mid mid-20s and life became a bit more serious and i realized i'm no younger i'm no longer a young boy uh I, my, my trauma response went the opposite way and i started saving too much mm. <laughs> right because it was and all of these things are out of fear hmm. right and and so i always tell people it is important to analyze yourself there are some people that are natural savers and some people that are natural spenders that's okay but you have to ask yourself why are you the way that you are is it because um you've experienced something growing up um is it you know some people are irresponsible with saving because they want to spend everything they get in some people want to uh save everything they get in some people um don't don't really care how they spend money because you know they've never really had the you know the independence of managing money as well that's a very popular one so if you come from a, a family that you know look after you consistently let's say a wealthy family even right so by the way, financial trauma is not only for poor people. It could be for oh, people yeah. who live even in wealthy families, right? So your parents have always looked after you. They've said yes to everything. Um, and you've always been dependent on them. Now you're in your in your, in your, your, your mid-20s, 30s, uh, mid-30s, and you're having to look after yourself and even a family. And you're finding it difficult because you've never really had that responsibility and you've never really built up those habits over time. Mm. So yeah, it's one of those things you do have to really sit down and, and assess and really understand that it is a thing and it can really affect um how you how you budget and how you spend money wow no that's deep man thanks for that man and something you know a lot of us can relate to as well um true my response when it comes to the ways um we spend our money or choose to spend our money very yeah. deep now thanks for sharing that man and on that budgeting piece you know you you spoke about you know this about obviously telling your money where to go essentially yeah. um, and it's about ensuring that you have a balanced life it's not just about all just saving yes. um, but you have to have some enjoyment in it yeah. and some other forms of whether it's giving as well um so yeah no that's really interesting because there can be that enjoyment piece some of that enjoyment piece can be quite expensive and it can reduce how much you invest for that year or so Correct, correct. If if you if you commit to just enjoying your money, you probably won't be intentional with your savings. Mm. If you commit too much to savings, you may not be intentional with um, actually enjoying your money, being able mm. to enjoy your money, spend money. And the key word or the key phrase is intentional spending. Mm. So I think you know what the one thing I would love to teach people is to to really grasp and and to take forward in their personal finances is to be intentional with their spending. Mm. There's so much that we spend on that we don't even want to spend on really, right? So it could be, hey, I want to buy this uh, T-shirt, this designer T-shirt for £100. And truth of the matter is you don't even like that T-shirt, mm. right? You, you Deep within yourself, you don't you don't love the T-shirt. Let me use that way. You like it, but you don't love it. Mm. You don't love it enough to commit £100 towards that T-shirt, for example, mm. right? It could well mean that actually that £100 spent on an experience, will you would derive a higher utility or satisfaction from that experience so much more than the actual T-shirt, mm. right? So it's better for you to spend £100 on, on the experience than the t-shirt that's what we call mm. intentional spending 
Um, remember, money is a store of value and a medium of exchange. So every time you exchange money for something, what you're doing is just exchanging one form of value for another. So when I come across people that struggle financially, a lot of the time, the question is, where are your values? Or mm. what do you value? Where does your values lie? And that's the starting point. You ask yourself where your values lie. You know, are you valuing your future self, right? Because remember, delayed gratification is not a one for like swap. Mm. It's not a one for like swap. It's not one marshmallow today for two tomorrow. Actually, it's mm. one marshmallow for 10 in a few years. Right. And it's important to understand these things. But for me, Peter, in answering this question, again, it comes back down to your personal circumstances, and your personal objectives. And that's important for you to sit down by yourself. And if you're in a couple, sit down with your partner, for example, and ask yourself, what is your priority? What are you trying to achieve? And what are you happy doing? Um, mm. And again, that's a joint decision if you're in a couple, because people have different money mindsets. Right. Mm. Um, and then creating a, a, a budget and a, a, or, or start off with a financial plan, a holistic financial plan. And within that financial plan, dial into the budget and allocate a proportion of your incomes towards investing, towards enjoyment, towards giving. And that's how we can keep this a sustainable movement going forward. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Thank you very much, Jax. Um, Jax, also anything else that we need to consider when it comes to, you know, investing and also because when we talk about investing that um, our income, that can look like many things. One listener might be thinking, do you mean when I get my income and I should just put it straight into an index fund or for example? So do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah, very good question, actually. So um, one thing that the government has done that I'm a huge fan of, right? I'm not usually a big fan of most things, um, but one thing I'm a huge fan of is the auto-enrollment that kicked in, I think it was in uh, 2012. And essentially what that means is if you are off, you know, age 22, if you're earning over £10,000, for example, then the company that you're working for, that you're employed to, uh, they, they have to enroll you into the pension scheme. Okay, it's called auto enrollment. Um, and they have to uh, contribute a certain amount and take a certain amount of your money as well, which comes up to 8%. So if you are already auto enrolled and you haven't done the very naughty thing of, you know, <laughs> opting out, <laughs> then, then the chances are you already have a proportion of your income in the financial markets already through your pension. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that um, aspect. Also, if you want to take, uh, for more, if you want to take more advantage of the pension pot, remember that you get tax relief when you put money into a pension pot. Mm. So if you're using a defined contribution scheme, um, which means every £80 that you put into a pension pot here in the UK, I'm sure it's quite similar for uh, different pension schemes around the world, every £80 becomes £100. So you get a 25% uplift. Right. So you are investing much more money. So every four, every four percent you're putting is becoming five percent. Mm. Right. So it's important to remember that. So when I talk about the minimum being 10 percent or 15 percent or half your age, if you are using a tax efficient wrapper like a pension pot, you already have a big chunk of that being done for you as long as you have not actually opted out of that scheme. If you are just using, let's say, an ISO, for example, then, of course, your money, the income that you've got would have had to go through the uh, what we call a PAYE system, which means it's been taxed. You've paid national insurance, you've paid income tax and the money you take home, you can then use that to invest. And again, with that, 
if you are not investing in, in a pension pot, for example, then you, of course you can use that to um, invest in the stocks and shares ISA or even a lifetime ISA as well, which for those between the ages of 18 and 39, you also get that uplift hmm. of 25% up to £4,000, right? So it's really important to understand these things. 15% is the example that we used earlier being kind of the blueprint. That is what most financials will say, financial professionals will say. 50% is a good uh, kind of starting point generally. But a lot of that has been picked up for you if you're using tax-efficient vehicles. Hmm. That's very encouraging because a lot of us sometimes we can work all of our, you know, for years and years contributing to a pension, but not really actually realizing, no, that's actually investing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a job, PL. Um, uh, probably about nine, 2017, mm. I remember speaking to someone, um, you know, who knew I had a passion for uh, financial markets and investing. Uh, and I told her to, you know, get involved and start putting her money to work, etc. And I told her, you know, you should start investing. And she said to me, Jax, investing is not for me. It's too complicated. It's... And I said, well, what, what, what do you think is happening with the company pension that you're getting paid? Do you understand that's that's been invested? <laughs> well, I hope it is. <laughs> you know, so most people are already exposed to the financial markets and the stock markets uh, mm. without even knowing. Um, mm. But yes, if you are someone who uh, is employed, then the chances are you are part of an auto enrollment scheme and you're receiving a pension if you're here in the UK. If you're self-employed, I would also encourage you to consider opening up a, a type of pension a scheme for your business so that you can benefit from the tax efficiency as well. Love that, man. No, thank you for that information. Um, before I uh, um, get any final comments from you, we are going to do what we do on each and every episode and give a shout out to where we're getting listeners from. New listeners will place where we've not given a shout out from where we have listeners. And today, Jax, we're going to give a shout out to our listeners in Dakar, which is the capital of Senegal. Woo! Senegal. Come on, come on, come on. Senegal, African country, very, very well known for their football abilities. They are one of the best football teams uh, or footballing countries mm. um, in, in, in Africa. So I've never been there before, but um, hello to our new listeners. Welcome to the World Finance Podcast. You are here with myself, Jax, and the co-host, Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about what we do, because World Finance is much more than a podcast, we are a social enterprise that serves in the community. You can head over to www.worldfinance.co.uk. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are predominantly on Instagram. That's World Finance Team. So add us as a friend, um, sign, sign up in our, uh, slide into our DMs. Um, let us know what you think of our episodes and if you have any ideas or any topics you want us to cover you can obviously let us know as well but welcome come on come on come on a shout out to our listeners over there in Dakar we appreciate you um and yeah very grateful for you and to all of our listeners all over the world but now Jax man really interesting stuff you just touched on is there any final comments you want to add before I let you go yeah, so the question is, how much of my income should I be investing? Start off with um, a holistic financial plan. What do I want to achieve for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Again, if you are in a couple, that's something you do together. What do we want to achieve in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? And then we ask ourselves, what are we willing to do in order to get there? Or what do we have to do? 
what do we have to sacrifice in order to actually achieve our goals? Let me think about things such as where do our values lie? What do we enjoy? Again, I'm talking as we because I'm a married man now, so it's always we. Um, but if you're an individual, you know, what do I enjoy? What do I really want to spend my money on? Where do I, you know, gain the most value? And then I would like you to create a budget. Um, and, and, you know, again, if you don't like the term budget, then use the term spending plan. Create a spending plan where you can allocate money towards the things that you really, really value. If you really want to know a number or a specific percentage as to how much you are supposed to invest, again, what I said earlier is use half your age as a percentage, as an example. So if you're 20, use 10%. If you're 30, use 15%. Um, but the key thing is, even if you're not just, if if you're investing in other things as well, so if you are investing in uh, other asset classes like property, if you are paying down a mortgage, if you are investing in your education, you should consider these as investments as well, because these are spends. Yes, you're spending money, but they are things that, often come up with a return of assets or return on your assets as well. So consider that as well. Hmm. So many considerations, but um, definitely one that people can dissect. And hopefully as you're listening to this, you can pause and go back. Um, you can use this to discuss with others in your networks as well. Because I think, Jax, this is, you know, there's one thing listening to this episode where there's another actually one in um using it to implement some action but also keep the conversation going with yeah. those in your networks yeah and it's, it's a debate right it's a debate mm. you know um you know you can debate with your friends you know what is the optimal amount so mm. if you're all around the same age uh let's say you're all in your mid-20s or 30s or mid-30s etc that's i think that's the most of our listeners around that age um you can ask yourself okay well, now that we're all in our early 30s what proportion of our income are we actually committing towards our future self? Because guess mm. what? Retirement is not that far away. <laughs> it's really not that far away. So, you know, if you haven't started already, uh, if you are, have started, if you are already on your journey, you know, you can have this discussion with, with friends, with peers, with colleagues. Um, how much are you putting into your pension pots? Uh, how much are you putting into your ISAs? Are you paying down your mortgage? Are you overpaying? These are all conversations that you can have with people and it can help you, you know, uh, share ideas and, and, and you know, motivate each other. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, man. Thanks for that, Jax, man. And hopefully our listeners gain some value there. And if you did, as I said, man, definitely share this um, to anyone in your networks. Um, and not just this episode, but have the conversation, man. Ox, you, you'll be surprised with one, what you find out and two, what you can learn and 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 also um, teach others as well. So it's a two way process. So now, Jax, man, thank you very much as per usual on that. Um, really good episode. Um, always a pleasure, Jax. And until the next time and for our listeners, remember, stay woke. Stay woke.